0: You're listening to the voice of authority. You're listening to credibility. You're listening to expert analysis on daily sporting events. You're listening to the one place where you can get valuable information on gaming, odds, and more. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
1: Final week of October and what a sports week it is. Right here on the morning after on a Tuesday morning. Sirius XM channel 204 all across the Sports Grid network. I'm your host Ben Stevens. The World Series begins tonight. We have NBA action to recap and look forward to. The NFL Monday night football. An ugly game up in Seattle but we now look forward to week number eight and boy oh boy it's the best weekend of the college football season on the horizon it's time to give you our top 10 as things stand I say our top 10 because today it's not just ben's top 10 it's kevin walsh's top 10 as well what we are dubbing k dubs top 10 because this edition of the morning after becomes the early after right here on sports grid because joining us now and for the entire first two hours of this program it is one of the co-hosts of the Mm. early line every weekday morning right before us here on tma it is kevin walsh from 7 a.m to 9 a.m eastern you can catch him each and every weekday morning on the early line along with Donnie right side Donnie Seymour who although not tagged in our fade the public poll still means the world to us here on the morning after
0: he'll he'll live don't you worry about it excited to be here on the program a big big Tuesday the World Series begins the NBA is in action there is a LeBron boost on FanDuel I can't thank them enough for such a thing i can pretend that last night's monday night game didn't happen though i can't wait to yell about pete carroll and as you said at the end of the day if i'm gonna critique your top 10 it's only right i submit my very accurate with no flawed top 10 as well which we will of course do
1: it will end out this first hour of the program here on the early after on this Tuesday morning. And let me tell you, folks, it is our 14-minute segment to end out this hour going up until 10 a.m. Eastern. And we need all 14 because I think my mm-hmm. things might get a little bit heated, a little bit riled up here on the morning after the early after with one of your co-hosts of the early line, Kevin Walsh. But, Kev, let's talk about Monday Night Football. It was not a pretty game. It was not exactly the weather conditions we had expected. It was still not a great weather night up in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, but it still led to points at a premium last night on a Monday night. The Saints prevail. They ultimately win the game 13-10 to over the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks do cover. They are 2-0 and yeah. ATS with geno smith under center and that total that opened at 44 and a half for a monday night football game that got steamed down to 41 and a half because of that presumed weather up in seattle goes way way under you Mm -hmm. said you wanted to yell about Pete carroll kevin what is it that angered you was it that he kept giving rashad penny looks and not alex collins (laughs) when somebody on this program said over 44 and a half rushing yards for alex collins was the play last night was that what it was
0: i mean it didn't help right i mean (laughs) i guess alex collins is better than Rashad Penny. They both stunk out loud. See, here's yeah. the thing about, ooh, we can't trust Geno Smith, blah, 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 blah. Geno averaged 7.9 yards per pass. And I know people, oh, come on. He got through an 84-yard touchdown at DK Metcalf, a man of integrity like myself, which you'll see when I give okay. the top 10. I won't even <laughs> use his yards per pass with the 84-yard completion in it. It was a putrid and ugly 3.9 yards per pass if i remove the 84 yard touchdown that is still double what happened when they handed the ball off to running backs here pete mm. carroll is outdated it has been the case for a long time ben and they're gonna need to move on before russ does it himself
1: I think so, as well, as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the morning after on a Tuesday morning. The morning after transforms into the early after because it is Ben Stevens and one of the co-hosts of The Early Line. Kevin Walsh with you for these first two hours. I will be here for the third and final happy hour, but Kev, here for the first two. You are listening on Sirius XM channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. On the West Coast of sorts in the Pacific Northwest last night, the Saints take care of business on a Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks in a very ugly game new orleans wins 13 to 10 on the road we were discussing pete carroll and how stagnant that offense was last night Mm -hmm. under geno smith with the quarterbacking position and alex collins rashad penny doesn't really matter who was in the backfield still didn't get the job done alex collins kevin ended up having 16 carries but he only ran the ball for 35 yards in fact seattle had just 219 yards of total offense they are now the seventh worst total offense in all of the nfl on the other side alvin kamara had a pretty good night carrying the football 20 rush attempts 51 yards but really out of the backfield in the passing game 10 grabs and 128 yards and a touchdown he was targeted 11 times last night he has been targeted overall this season 33 times by Jameis winston kev that is the most targets of any saints player wide receiver tight end or otherwise for alvin kamara in that saints offense
0: And as it should be, right? I mean, Marquez Calloway, Kenny Stills get in the mix last night. Realistically, the only reason I'm not yelling at Sean Payton is they won the game. He also wasted his time. He just kept sending Alvin into Bobby Wagner's arms. It was outright. Like 20 carries for 50 yards is horrible. Like Jameis there was a great stretch in the third quarter he threw two like 30 plus yard passes that both hit the wide receivers in the hands and if somehow sean payton watches that and goes "Nah, let's just run it no let him throw over this horrible secondary they should have blew the seahawks out last night and they did it because of conservative coaching
1: and new orleans does not cover a four and a half five and a half point spread the seahawks mind you two and oh ats with Geno Smith mm. as their starting quarterback. We look at what this means for the NFC moving forward. Also, a big update to the NFC news and notes. That's on the other side of the ring. Back here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM channel 204. I am Ben Stevens. And for these first two hours of the morning after, that becomes the early after, I'm pleasantly joined by Kevin Walsh. I say pleasant for now, but just wait for a little bit later in this hour. About 20 minutes from now or so, we get into our top tens in college football. But for the time being, Kev, let's focus on Monday night. Not so much the game itself because it was ugly, but where things stand for both of these teams right now who both have postseason hopes. The Saints have a better hope of the postseason as things stand on the future odds board on the FanDuel Sportsbook because the Seattle Seahawks, right now, Kevin, 120 to 1 after the loss last night on Monday Night Football to win the NFC West. 120 to 1 in the NFC West divisional odds board right now on FanDuel. By far the longest mm-hmm. odds in that division. In fact, the second longest odds of any team in any division. To win that division on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now in the NFC. Only the Detroit Lions in the NFC North have longer odds than the Seahawks right now to claim a divisional crown. I have said all year long, Kev, that I thought at certain points throughout the NFC West year, uh, because of how difficult this division was going to be, you would be able to find value on any of these four teams at a certain point on a week by week basis throughout the NFC West divisional market. I did not expect it to be this bad for the Seattle Seahawks at 120-1, to but that's where things stand after week seven of the NFL year.
0: Yeah, and and the problem for Seattle is Russ isn't back next week. Even if he's back, the, the defense is still not a group that we're going to trust. The head coach isn't a guy that we're going to trust. And the Cardinals and the Rams are as good as we thought. The only reason those aren't two unbeaten teams is because they had to play one another, essentially. So yeah. one of them had to lose the game. The minus 195 number on Arizona right now, Rams plus 175 there. The only thing I will say is because you're talking about the NFC as a whole, Ben, at least Seattle can blame it on the Russ injury. What's the Niners excuse? Off a yeah. of buy at home, Wentz 30 pieces you in a torrential downpour. Like, Do the Niners really deserve to be that much lower than a Seattle Seahawks team? So strict value number. You want to put a dollar on Seattle? I won't stop you. You're going to lose the dollar. You are. Yeah. But I won't. I, I, I tell you what, I'd rather put the dollar on Seattle than San Fran.
1: Maybe your dollar is better spent on the Seahawks in the make playoff market. They are plus 450 right now. Sure, the return is not quite as juicy, but there is an opportunity. Maybe if Russ comes back healthy in three, four weeks from now, that they make a late run for a postseason wildcard spot. Maybe that seventh and final NFC wildcard spot. But I think you bring up a great point about the Niners as well, Kev. 37-1 to right now on FanDuel to win the NFC West. They were the preseason favorites At plus 185. The Seahawks, before the year got underway, plus 270. So, market movement in a big way against both of those teams in San Francisco and seattle also one final note the arizona cardinals yesterday were still the odds on favorites to win the nfc west at minus 195 as compared to the la rams who were plus 175 but it was actually the rams who had shorter odds to win the nfc than did the cardinals the FanDuel sportsbook has mixed that up this morning they now have the cardinals ahead of the rams in the nfc market at plus 450 the la rams at plus 460 so only 10 cents separate them but the cardinals now in front of the rams to win the nfc conference crown the favorites to win the nfc right now the tampa bay buccaneers at plus 250 they are also the favorites in a heavy way to win the nfc south at minus 750 the new orleans saints plus 650 the second shortest odds to win that division right now on the FanDuel sportsbook but where i think you see a truer picture of the saints right now kev after seven weeks minus 174 to make the mm-hmm. postseason do you think the saints should be such strong favorites to make the playoffs
0: yeah absolutely and in fact ben i think they were about a minus 102 before this week's action here now i thought seattle mm-hmm. was live in the game they were my money line dog with a week i'm a little i don't want to say i'm super surprised that they lost the game but it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that the saints would win but I, I think their boost up is legitimate here because we know in the nfc there are there's the power five if you will right the Bucs, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, and the Cowboys, all one loss or less teams there that all are basically 1,000% making the postseason. We don't give the Saints that level of love, and they're not that caliber of a team when we talk about the Big Five, but they're also just on an island. like They're better than Minnesota, the Niners, the Panthers, the Eagles. The the Saints feel like no matter what, even if they're 9 and 8, They're going to be one of the seven here in the NFC, Ben. It it would be very surprising at this point if they weren't. I I think you could argue that maybe that price could be a little bit higher. Perhaps it's not because they are dogs next week. And four and three isn't that spicy overall.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you certainly there. And when you talk about that power five in the NFC, there is a far drop off from the Cowboys' to the Saints. The Cowboys are plus 550 to win the NFC right now on that market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Saints 18 to 1. So a far drop off but New Orleans still the sixth shortest odds to claim the NFC crown as things currently stand on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We're talking about some of those teams in the power five that will play each other in just two days from now on thursday night football the arizona cardinals the second shortest odds to win the nfc once again at plus 450 the green bay packers tied for the fourth shortest odds at plus 550 the big news surrounding this game in only 48 hours or so from now devontae adams the star wide receiver Of the Green Bay Packers, the guy that has the second most receptions in the NFL this year, the second most targets in the NFL this year, has been put on the COVID-19 list due to a positive COVID test for the Green Bay Packers. He would need two negative tests to even potentially return for Thursday night football. So his hopes of playing on Thursday night looking pretty dim at the moment. It is also defensive coordinator Joe Barry for the Green Bay Packers who has been placed on that COVID-19 list as well and so we have seen tons of line movement on this spread already kev it opened up in arizona's favor at home on a short week on thursday at three and a half it is now already arizona minus six against the packers Mm -hmm. on thursday night what's the outlook like for green bay in just a couple of days from now
0: well i I think the reality is you still have aaron Rodgers, who's been playing real good football but also in the middle of games basically seems to look across the sidelines and go all right we're done here i don't need to score any more points right i mean they could have scored a million on washington but they just didn't need to right they yeah. knew the bears couldn't do enough and that's just kind of the way it feels like the packers have been playing i almost weirdly feel like i like packers plus six no Devonte adams more than packers plus three with Devonte adams because i think mm. now i i have to get motivated Rodgers. i have to get focused Rodgers please everybody tell aaron he can't win a game when he doesn't have Devonte. sign me then up for how wonderful i think that could end up for your wallet and i think the packers can still be live here in the game listen it is not easy to go unbeaten and the packers defense and yes certainly i'm glad you brought up the defensive coordinator could very well also be out for this football game here. But the defense has performed better, I think, than we had expected, especially with that Jair Alexander news. I'm not running to the window on Arizona. I'm not teasing Arizona. None of that for me. And I'll make this prediction to you now. If the Cardinals lose this game, they will be jumped by both the Rams and the Packers in odds to win the Mm -hmm. NFC, and the Rams will go to the favorites to win that division if Arizona loses to Green Bay.
1: Certainly so. I think you bring up a great point right there. I almost like Green Bay more at plus six than Green Bay on a short week at plus three and a half on the road in Arizona. Again, if it's just Devontae Adams in that wide receiver room or along that Packers offense, you still have so many pieces in place in Arizona, middle of the pack in terms of rush defense this year, allowing nearly 116 yards on the ground. You would still have Aaron Jones. You would still have Alan Lazard. You would still have some other pieces in place for Aaron Rodgers to at least cover a six-point spread. Arizona, the last remaining unbeaten team, a perfect 7-0. and oh, Also 6-1 and one ATS, covering by an average margin of 11.8 points per game. We look at the playoff picture in the AFC. That's next here on The Morning App. Welcome back to the morning after on a Tuesday morning right here on the grid Sirius XM channel 204 for the first two hours of the morning after that becomes the early after with Kevin Walsh. I am Ben Stevens and Kev I think now is a good point after week number seven to try to understand in the National Football League who might be legitimate contenders, especially in the AFC. I think you can look at the top of the AFC and point at a couple teams and think, okay, they're good. They're good. They're good this week. They're good next week. But there's a couple of teams contending for maybe those final two AFC wildcard spots, maybe even that seventh and final AFC wildcard spot to figure out if they're a true contender as things stand at the moment after seven weeks of this 2021 NFL season. And I think the most surprising team right now, maybe in all of football, is the Cincinnati Bengals. And right now, when you look at Cincy in terms of the future odds market, they have pretty strong minus money. To make the AFC postseason picture as it currently stands, the Cincinnati Bengals are minus 164 to make the AFC playoffs right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Take a look at that team win total; it's at 10 and a half right now. The under has an incredible amount of juice at minus 220, and they are plus 330 right now. Is Cincy to win the AFC North? The second longest odds, the third shortest odds, depending on how you want to conceptualize that market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, Kevin, what do you make of the Cincinnati Bengals at this point?
0: So, to me, the, the buy-in point on Cincy was the Detroit game. Green, the Green Bay game was fascinating, right? Because they go out there, they compete nonstop. The field goal fiascos go left, right, left, right, left, right. And they ultimately lose that game in overtime. And their next game was then playing the Detroit Lions as three-point favorites. And I said that that, to me, was the statement game for the Cincinnati Bengals. If they were legitimate, they needed to roll that bad Detroit team. It's exactly what they did. I mean, they absolutely crushed that group. I think 34-11 was your final. So then when they went to Baltimore getting six and a half, it was like, well, hold on a minute now. We've seen Cincinnati play well here. We've seen them play all right on the road. And the Baltimore Ravens have been a mixed bag, really, when you look at a lot of the things that they've brought forward to the table here. So did I think that they could cover the number? Certain, Win the game? Eh, but it had its chances. 41-17 in Baltimore? Well, hold on a minute now. Now that's, mm-hmm. now that's a big-time shift there with what this team is bringing to the table. And I think if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and that minus-164 number to make the postseason – and you look at the Vegas Raiders, who are about a minus 132 to make the postseason. And the Bills are going to get in. And the Ravens are going to get in. And the Titans are going to get in. And the Chargers are going to Spots filling up quick here, Ben. Yep. I don't know. The reigning AFC champs. Tugging right? that collar a little bit. Maybe stop turning it over every time you have the football. Pat Mahomes and Nicole Hardman and Tyreek Hill and every other player on this team.
1: And we'll compare those markets here coming up because we'll focus on the Vegas Raiders up here next. But when you compare them just in the AFC North right now, the Baltimore Ravens are the odds on favorite to win that division at minus 120 on FanDuel. The Cleveland Browns have the second shortest odds to win the AFC North at plus 250, but the Browns are still minus 250, at least at last check after Thursday night's win of making the postseason. The Bengals are Minus 164, and the Bengals currently have the seventh-best odds to make the AFC postseason picture on the FanDuel sportsbook. That seventh-in-best odds would be the seventh and final spot right now, that final wild card spot in the AFC. I'm also fascinated by Cincy's live team total on FanDuel: 10 and a half. The over plus 175. The under minus 220. You don't often see juice that large on a team total. Maybe just make it. Nine and a half, but I think you put it at ten and a half because of that juice and where things stand. Kev, to cash that plus money, plus 175, to the over of that team win total of ten and a half right now for the Bengals, they would need to win six of their last ten games. Their remaining schedule right there in the middle of the pack. And when you think about their AFC North divisional game still to go, they have yet to play Cleveland this year. So there's two more divisional games. They still have to play Pittsburgh and the Baltimore Ravens one final time they have beaten both the Steelers and the Ravens so far this year have the Cincinnati Bengals one of those six wins most likely to come this weekend as well as the Bengals are favored by nine and a half on the road right now against the New York Jets for this upcoming Sunday so you mentioned the Vegas Raiders as well minus 132 to make the postseason so despite being minus money in their odds to make the playoffs As it stands on FanDuel, they would be the eighth team. They would be on the outside looking in of that AFC postseason. And when you look at where the Raiders stand in the division right now in the AFC West, they are plus 400. The third shortest odds is the Chargers, who are the favorites, at even money, at plus 100. The Chiefs, with the second shortest odds, at plus plus so kev let's put it in comparison to the point you alluded to earlier the raiders are minus 132 the chargers as the favorites to win the afc west are minus 380 to make the afc postseason currently the chiefs with the second shortest odds to win the afc west at plus 210 are still minus 215 to make the afc postseason do you think that gives the raiders an outside shot of landing in the afc playoffs
0: i mean i have to like they're five and two, right? Yeah. They there the thing is there are eight teams with a minus price on the yes, right, to make it. So someone's gonna get left out when we start playing musical chairs along the way. It, it the problem is, if you said, Well, hey, which one of those teams doesn't look like a playoff team? You'd struggle to be honest, because the honest answer <laughs> is Kansas City. Here's the thing about yep. the Chiefs, right? That defense is horrible right we all know this there are three teams tied for the second most turnovers in the league rookie quarterback led jacksonville rookie quarterback led new york jets rookie quarterback led houston texans 12 turnovers apiece for those teams and then there's the kansas city chiefs at 17 turnovers who are led by What I'm under the impression of is the best quarterback in the sport. The thing is, their defense is so bad, we feel like the offense needs to be perfect. They've been anything but. And Mm. if at some point they fix the turnovers, they'll go back to winning games. But, I mean, Benji Follick, wasn't this the worry on Patty coming out? Isn't this the reason he didn't want to cut number one overall pick? Wasn't that a hey thing now, at hey Texas now. Tech?
1: Hey, now, here's the thing about Patrick Mahomes when he was drafted. Yes, he was known to have that gunslinger mentality, but they thought if they could curb it slightly, he would be this guy. He still is this guy. There are points this year, though, where I would agree with you. Because of the defensive struggles, because things have not gone perfect, I think that Patrick has forced things a little bit too much. But you live with that. For instance, the first interception against the Titans on Sunday, he tried to fit that ball in there to Josh Gordon and probably was what was not the best decision, and it was intercepted. I thought also when he took off to run later on in that first half, he already picked up the first down. He already picked up 10 to 12 yards. Slide, Pat. Continue the drive to get back into this game. Instead, he got stripped from behind in what was a fumble. And that really was the final turning point, I think, for Kansas City really to have any actual shot of winning that football game against the Titans on Sunday. So, yes, it was a slight knock coming out of Texas Tech. I don't think that's what's hindering him right now. But there are points where I think he is forcing the move a little bit. Because of everything else feeling like it might be collapsing around him in a very dramatic way of putting things.
0: Yeah, and and I, and I think that's fair. I think he is forcing the issue. He also keeps throwing the football off of Tyreek's hands and then it lands in a <laughs> defender's stomach. That's not yes. his fault. So listen, I think I have a ticket on him to win MVP. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. There, there isn't there isn't an Eagle pick over the next twenty five years. I wouldn't give the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes. Make no mistake about that. But it, the the offense has to be called to task because I know the defense is bad, but the offense is hurting them as well. Again, we're playing this musical chairs here as well. I mean, yeah. Cleveland, like the whole team is still injured. Like you beat Denver. Cool, great. Who doesn't? What a fraudulent group. I mean, as fraudulent as it gets, they should have started Drew Locke. They didn't start Drew Locke. <laughs> he could have got wins against those bad jabronis. Instead, you gave the easy part of besides no one cares about Denver Cleveland's the other one right you got to be a little worried so about this Case Keenum led Browns I don't know
1: and this is not something when it comes to Cleveland that's just going to fix itself come week number nine I mean Baker Mayfield is playing with a torn labrum and a fact fractured bone in that left shoulder Mm -hmm. it's not good he will have surgery at the end of this season it's just a matter of how healthy and effective, he can stay the rest of the way, Kareem hunts out for a couple of weeks. Nick Chubb is on his way back, but when exactly? And we have seen that wide receiver core struggle with injuries the entirety of this season. So I think the odds on the Chiefs and the Browns might be a little bit long as things stand. The ninth best odds right now on FanDuel, quickly here, Kevin, the Indianapolis Colts, who are three and four straight up. They've won three of their last four games. They are five and two against the spread. They have plus money to make the playoffs right now at plus 142. But that being said, still the ninth best odds. I actually really love that plus money on the Indianapolis Colts.
0: I think I'd grab a taste of that plus 350 AFC South price. No.
1: I mean, they're they're playing Tennessee
0: this week. They win the game. They're one back. Look, you got to think of you're the Indianapolis Colts. That you're you're calling Buffalo and Kansas City and asking, hey, what we do to you? I mean, they, they got no help from the Titans going back to back, Buffalo, Kansas City. If they would have lost just one of the games, the Colts would have played them this week to have them both at four and four, split the head to head, and now we run off here the next ten weeks or so. They didn't get that help, but the Colts aren't done just yet. We told people best one and fourteen the sport maybe's ever seen.
1: Absolutely so. Indy, a one-point dog this weekend against Tennessee. All right, you've been waiting for it. Top 10 up next.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: This is going to be a very, very fun segment. So hello, everybody, and welcome back to the morning after on a Tuesday morning on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the Sports Grid Network. For these first two hours with Kevin Walsh, making this the early after because Kevin is one of the co-hosts of the wonderful program, The Early Line, each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern leading into the morning after. I'm the host of the morning after, Ben Stevens. Now, I have said and I have teed this up and I have teased it all first hour long it is time to get into our top tens each and every Tuesday on this show we go through our college football top 10 as things currently stand in the college football landscape so first I will go through Ben's top 10 get it it rhymes it's catchy it is very good stuff eight weeks of the college football campaign are done we enter week number nine in what might be the best week of the regular season All year long. So without further ado, drum roll, please. We are going to go. Ben's top 10. And it is going to be contentious. And I already know Kevin Walsh is going to be upset with number 10. Because number 10 in Ben's top 10 is the Pittsburgh Panthers. Yes, the Pittsburgh Panthers need to be ranked in the top 10 because as things currently stand, Kevin, I know you are going to say the Western Michigan loss, Ben the western michigan loss but pittsburgh is the favorite now to win the acc in the odds on favorite category minus money at minus 140 they also have the seventh shortest odds to win the college football playoff national championship currently on fanduel at 60 to 1 and When you look at their record ATS, they are 6-1 against the number this year, covering by an average margin of 11.9 points per game. That is tied for the best cover margin in all of the country with who? The team Mm -hmm. that will check in later at number one in my top ten, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, from a betting show, a betting perspective, Pittsburgh deserves Mm -hmm. a spot in the top ten seventh best odds to win the national championship the favorite Mm -hmm. right now in minus money to win the acc at minus 140 in fact they're 60 to 1 if you look down the board a little bit right now you got to keep scrolling your finger gets a little tired notre dame's 200 to 1 to win the college football playoff national championship so they shouldn't even They shouldn't even sniff a top 10 of anybody's. Which is interesting. Uh I mean, Pitt, not even the
0: best team in the ACC in terms of what they brought to the table. We're talking ATS. Mm. They were 14 and a half point favorites at home against Western Michigan. Lost outright. That scrappy Western Michigan team that just lost by 19 to Toledo. (laughs) What are you doing to me what are you d- pick can he pick it's a bad kick? Loss. kick rocked no 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 <laughs> hey no they lost to Western <laughs> Michigan at home man yeah at home but still they, like I I don't expect yeah, to yeah. see Kentucky here who lost to Georgia no. or Notre Dame who lost right. to Cincinnati or wake who yeah. hasn't lost pick. No. Tough scene. Tough scene. Start with no integrity. Get it out of the bat, I guess, huh? Well. Tough scene.
1: Well, just wait for number nine because it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Because I'm a homer and Iowa... I mean, this group here. This group will not go away. I mean, this group won't go away. The Hawkeyes. Listen here. I am a person, Kevin, that compares this and correlates it to the market as things currently stand On the FanDuel Sportsbook, because who is smarter than I? The people with the power ratings and the algorithms and models that predict the future, which is what the FanDuel Sportsbook does. And Iowa still ranked ninth in the country. Yes, the loss to Purdue is not a good one at home as an 11 and a half point favorite. Nor is the loss for Pitt to Western Michigan at home as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. No, it does not pale in comparison to Kentucky losing to Georgia or an unbeaten Wake Forest team or even your Notre Dame Fighting Irish who lost to Cincinnati. And by the way, your hatred for Cincinnati makes no sense then if you want to say that good losses are a thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what I will say about keeping Iowa at number nine is first and foremost, I'm Big Ten Ben and I'm a homer. But secondly, Iowa still has a legitimate shot at winning a Big Ten Conference Championship by getting through the Big Ten West despite the loss to Purdue. Right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, both Iowa and Wisconsin are ten to one to win the Big Ten Iowa plays Wisconsin in Madison this upcoming weekend. It is catching three and a half as the road underdogs on that line as things currently stand Iowa also a hundred to one to win the college football playoff national championship again, better odds to do so than Kentucky. And Notre Dame. So, that is how I feel about where Iowa stands at number nine in my top ten. I'm
0: I'm not going to cut you off at the end of each and every one. Just just these first two. Iowa, right? Lost to Purdue. Embarrassingly. Whom Notre Dame beat. Now, the thing is, right? The thing is, we're doing a lot of stuff with the spread and favorites. And it's actually great. I legitimately think it's very valuable to what we're talking about here. I, when next week plays Wisconsin, who Notre Dame beat by 7 million points, and they're yeah. dogs. So I was going to lose next week and just be out of the top 25, and you have it at nine. And, and the best part, like, so does the committee, clowns. I, I mean, i I clowns. You, <laughs> the pollsters, clowns. Good thing I'm here. Good thing I'm here.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, we will wait for K-Dub's top 10 because I will also have retorts, and I will have some thoughts about your outlandish take at the top. I think you're more mad at my 8 through 9 and 10 than I will be at your 1 through 3 because I will have many thoughts about that. Anyway, checking in at number 8 is the Oregon Ducks. I think you're also mad about where I have them, but as they stand for Oregon, I look at the record against the spread just three or excuse me just two and five this year against the number in both of those wins coming as an underdog it was a good win for Oregon on the road in the Rose Bowl as a slight pick'em underdog against UCLA on Saturday and because of that the Ducks are now back into my top 10 Oregon also now the favorites once again by themselves at plus 110 to win the Pac-12 now my next four teams are all unbeaten so here is why they are ranked in the order they are we'll run through them quickly Michigan State Number seven, at number six, I have Oklahoma. Number five is Michigan, and then number four is still Cincinnati. Let me quickly just say, since he deserves to be in the top four as things stand, I don't believe they will make the college football playoff, but they deserve a shot at at least being considered. They are still unbeaten. So, yes, since he gets a spot at number four. Michigan State is number seven because they are 5-1-1 one one against the number this year. They are a perfect 7-0, and, oh, and they have a great opportunity against my number five team in Michigan to stay unbeaten this week. right now, Michigan and Michigan State play each other in East Lansing on Saturday. The Wolverines, a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The reason that I have MSU slightly behind Oklahoma is because Oklahoma is still the favorite in a minus-money way, in an odds-on favorite category, to win the Big 12 at minus 200. But just barely, because again, Michigan State, 5-1-1 against the spread, Oklahoma is a fraud. Oklahoma is 3 and 5 against the number. Oh, Oklahoma will lose a regular season game if not two by the time this season is over. The Sooners oh. are 3 and 5 against the number and they did not cover as 38 and a half point favorites against Kansas on the road, a Jayhawks team that is awful and shut out the potent, wizardly like offensive offense of Lincoln Riley and the Sooners. They were shut out in the first half. So Oklahoma's a fraud, and although they are unbeaten, and although they are still the favorites to win the Big 12, and although they are still 20-1 to with the four shortest odds to win the college football playoff national championship, although those odds grew longer by $4 over the weekends, they are still number six in my poll. Kevin, quickly speak about Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, look, here's the thing. Uh, That's why they play two halves of football. I mean, a 11 a.m. kick in Lawrence. You never want that on the schedule. But Caleb Williams and the boys showed up in half number two, covered a second half number. I mean, at least they were able to put that forward there. Listen, OU deserves more respect. Stop giving me Spencer Rattler's ATS numbers. That jabroni, gone. Caleb Williams, Heisman numbers should be coming. Did you see the play to in the game? I mean, he's creating new
1: players.
0: He's stripped. He could play a little defensive end. Strip sack, fumble, coming around. Sack a Kenny Pickett or something like that if he needed to. I'll tell you that. OU getting
1: disappointed. By the way, this... The Sooners odds got longer to win the national championship by $4. Caleb Williams' odds also got longer to win the Heisman Trophy by $10 where they necessarily need to stand. Anyway, the reason Michigan is ahead of Oklahoma because again, Michigan 6 and 1 against the number, both Michigan State and Michigan, two of only 6 teams in college football with one loss against the spread so far this season Michigan plus 500 to win the Big Ten the second shortest odds to do so they are 50 to one to win the national championship Oklahoma slightly better odds but I don't care Oklahoma is a fraud Michigan is five Oklahoma six Cincinnati four then Alabama at number three in my poll I have Ohio State at number two because I do believe that the Ohio State Buckeyes are a better team right now then the Alabama Crimson Tide because of what Ohio State is doing offensively. Try to slow down the Buckeyes right now on offense. I'm not sure you can. The top scoring offense in the country, 49.2 points per game on average. And oh yeah, Ohio State now is the longest favorite to win any conference in all the country at minus 250 to win the Big Ten Conference. So Ohio State checks in at number two. And of course, we have Georgia at number one. Georgia deserves to be number one. So that is how I have things in my top 10 Ohio State. One final note, by the way, four, two, and one against the spread, a better cover percentage and a better cover margin than Alabama. So, Kev, there you go. That is my top 10. You got something for us? Who let you do this? Who let you the authority to give your own AP top 10 or K-dubs top 10 at the moment? Yeah.
0: Right. Here's exactly what happened. They were like, listen, man, we saw his top 10 last week. We think this week will be terrible again let's get yours in the mix here little integrity to the morning after let's help the people here now let's get a real top 10 up here i mean let's get it let's get a, oh. a top 10 oh, that, that lets yeah. people get notre dame in the mix because if you make a top 10 and you don't have notre dame it's not really a top 10 i mean let's call it like it is everybody out there loves cincinnati more than everybody in the planet and i don't i mean why they're all, they beat notre dame the indiana loss is at win is just actively bad at this point. Indiana is the most important team in the country. They were embarrassed by Iowa, who's not good. They were embarrassed by Penn State, who's not good. They only lost to Michigan State by 5, which is why Michigan State checks in lower for me on my top 10. And then of yeah. course, they were winning against Cincy in the fourth quarter. Is. An overrated group that checks in personally for me at 6. Now, here, though, to me, is where you look at this. You get Ole Miss in the mix here, as they still deserve to be. Matt Corral's Heisman odds shouldn't be dropping. But I know where there are two key spots where Ben and I are different. One, Oregon at four. They beat his number two team in Columbus. Beat them in Columbus. That's a real thing that really happened. And then I mean, look at Oklahoma. Caleb Williams is a star, and it's time you recognize it. An unbeaten group. Number I mean, two. Twice. He went touchdown. Oklahoma every does not drive deserve to be hand.
1: number two.
0: That's right. Oh my Dead god. OU in the mix. He's one and Caleb one against Williams the spread as a
1: starter. He's one and one. He, I mean, he covered the half point against dog Texas? against Kansas, and they won by twelve.
0: But what, did he, what did he do against Texas? I mean, Caleb Williams is a star. Listen, but just everybody out there, drop those jabroni Cincinnati, right? I mean, let's get them out of the top five. They ain't making no college football play. Let's call it like I is. Navy with the ball, chance to go win a game? <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine such a team being in my top four.
1: Michigan at eight is a travesty as well. We'll talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats on the other side of the break. If you're welcome back here on the morning after, I'm devastated. Rounding out our number one here on the morning after, and it's still kind of the early after because somehow, someway, Kevin Walsh is still with us here on Sirius XM Channel 204 all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh and I just went back and forth in a very contentious 14-minute segment about our top 10s in college football. We differ on where this team specifically should be ranked. That would be the Cincinnati Bearcats. So we asked you, the public, if Cincinnati goes unbeaten, Will they make the college football playoff? Let's find out and fade the public. All right, Kev, if Cincy goes undefeated, does the public believe the Bearcats will make the college football playoff? And right now, on SportsGrid, at Sportsgrid TV, on Twitter, the yes has the majority. 47% of the yes votes are the leader right now in the clubhouse you can still vote you can still make your input involved here on this poll there is also the option of yes they should be but they won't that has 37.2 hmm. percent the no has less than 15 percent of the vote that if Cincy goes undefeated they will make the college football playoff Kevin Walsh I feel like you're fading the public are you fading the public
0: yeah I and mean, absolutely I'm, I'm in the 15 percent I'm I'm fading them twice this public here here's the thing that again people don't know but every single morning when I'm in studio Ben and I do a crossover and there's about five minutes there where I just chew Ben's ear off about the world of college football and sometimes I try and have to beat him down and the one thing I did get him to agree on which I was very happy about is that Cincinnati does not control their own destiny and if you think they do you're lying to yourself because Georgia and Bama are going to play and if Bama beats Georgia they're both in And Ohio State wins out, and they're in. And OU wins out, and they're in. And I don't know what you're going to do with Oregon, a one-loss Pac-12 champion who beat Ohio State. And also, I think, like, seven other Big Ten teams are supposed to win out. And then there's Pitt. It ain't looking good.
1: Kev, we got to get to break. Hour two of the morning after that's coming up